Before we start today's episode of the I'm Fine podcast, we want to make sure that we thank our sponsors. And today our sponsor is Smart Local 265. Smart Local 265 is a sheet metal union based out of Carroll Stream, Illinois. Its membership consists of roughly 1,869 members and with over 150 contractors providing work to over nine local counties, Local 265 specializes in all things HVAC. From commercial to residential, to industrial, to architectural, Smart Local 265 does it all. With their four-year apprenticeship program, Smart Local 265 trains some of the industry's most skilled HVAC mechanics in addition to doing volunteer work in their communities and donating to local charities throughout the year, like ours. For more information on locating a qualified contractor or how to become a member of Smart Local 265, please visit smart265.org. Welcome to today's episode of the I'm Fine Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the great outdoors, uh, being veterans and, and doing what we're doing in the outreach community now when it comes to veterans. We found that there's a lot of benefits to being outdoors. So we're going to talk about our personal experiences. We're going to interview our friend, Chris James, where he's going to talk about his. And then we're going to talk about some of the benefits that we've found to being outside. Welcome to the I'm Fine Podcast with your freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional hosts, Eric Peterson and Brad Stozik. Somebody at Duncan today, because you went to Duncan before we went to Duncan, did somebody pay for your coffee? No. So it happened after. I don't know if this is just a Midwest thing. But it's like, this has happened to us multiple times where we get to Dunkin' Donuts and then we pull up and then they're like, the person in front of you paid for your order. And it feels super nice and I always appreciate it. And luckily for us, every time we're like, well, we want to pay it forward. We're going to pay for the people behind us. And it's like around the same order. But what happens (laughs) when the order behind you is like fucking $400 or something? It's like four boxes of coffee. Like, are you obligated to... Like, is it a good thing? No, to, you're committed. I feel like you're committed, you're committed. right? You got to go. You got it. You have really. So like you, so like I, I went in for like a black coffee, like a small black coffee. And then the guy behind me got like six boxes of coffee and like three dozen donuts. And somebody paid 99 cents for mine. And now I got to pay $578 for the person <laughs> behind me. It's like, that's, that is Midwestern hospitality at its fucking finest. I feel like though, you know what I mean? Just people paying for each other's shit. Well, that day I'm not from the Midwest. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here we are. I, I really appreciate uh, you being on here with us today, Chris. So thank you for taking this. Yeah, time absolutely. Here, man. And it's cool for a few different reasons. It's really cool because one, you're our friend. Two, you're a veteran. Uh, three, you started helping our organization when it comes to what we're doing with our outreach stuff, um, and troops on trails and four, because of you, you were able to get our sponsor, smart local two, six, five to be our sponsor because you work for them. And I just cannot, cannot thank you enough for that, man. So thank you again. No, absolutely, man. It's, uh, fortunately I work for an organization that we're constantly kind of looking to see how we can better the community. Um, through our membership, we have a lot of members and we obviously have a lot of ideas and, uh, areas where we like to, you know, whether it's manpower, donating time, uh, I remember that big, um, that 
water what was what was going on in texas uh with the water yeah they had they had some kind of outage and they had they needed water down there remember that yeah yeah Yeah, so we um one of our members like hey why don't we run a truck we'll fill it with water and i'll drive it down there from how far was that i don't know a a long ways yeah yeah so just yeah it's it's pretty cool that we do random stuff like that um when i say we i mean as an organization so yeah it's it's pretty cool but that's the kind of stuff that again makes me super proud to be from this country to live in this country because it's like whenever a natural disaster happens like there's that quote by mr rogers like that his mother said to him where it was like whenever you see and i'm paraphrasing it but it's like whenever you see something terrible happen you'll always see people running towards whatever that problem is like a fire or whatever there's always people running towards it not just people running away and so we have these natural disasters and then you see all of these companies and just and and people just getting together to help them out like when hurricane harvey happened dude i remember that shit like it was yesterday you know rest in peace to nick huffman but the loony bin became like a hub of people of of uh of a place where like people could bring items to donate all the way down to was it uh, wherever that where I forget the town, but down in Texas, and it was like hundreds and hundreds of miles away, and we didn't know those people. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's just that's badass. So, um, before we get into mu- much much else, what else can you tell us about Smart Local Two Six Five and your time there? Because and I, and I say that because we were hanging out in my garage. What was that like? couple weeks ago or something yeah yeah. and you it sounded like you were doing an ad and you weren't you were just talking about how much you genuinely appreciate the company you work for yeah and i feel like that's a very beautiful thing that not a lot of people get to feel so would you mind kind of talking a little bit about why it is uh, in addition to what you just mentioned about all of their philanthropic efforts like why it is you appreciate what smart local two six five's done for you? No, for sure, man. Um, and that's kind of a, I wouldn't say it's a pretty in depth answer, but it's it's got many facets to it. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, kind of my background a little bit, Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, when is it? Let's see, two thousand three to two thousand seven. Uh, EAS in 07. Um, tried a few different things. Uh, I kind of specialized in welding, so I got some welding jobs when I got out of the Marines. Um, tried my hand in Alaska, went to Alaska for a little bit to lived on a glacier, uh, so I could, uh, work with a, a dog musher for, uh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. I did yeah. Not. That was, that was wild. A good buddy of mine, uh, Carl Goodberlet moved to Denver. He kind of got into dog, uh, dog mushing for an actual organization or, or a, like a tourist company, mm-hmm. if you will. So he moved up to Alaska, started mushing dogs up there on a glacier, literally like where you're sleeping in a tent, you take one shower a week all that crap. So he called me. He's like, Hey man, we're looking for a couple of dog handlers. Um, and I, I mush dogs. You want to come be my dog handler? So dude, what the went, fuck? Went that sounds Al- awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking awesome. <sighs> so went up to Alaska. It is. So I'm sorry, getting down the rabbit hole, but no, either no, no. way, kind of transitioned from that, tried a few different things. That's kind of where I'm leading into the, uh, union and, um, full-time musician. Um, before I got into the trades, playing guitar, singing a little bit, and then uh, a, a buddy of mine, Kevin Haberzettel, worked for a company, Jameson Sheet Metal out of Plainfield. And he's like, hey, he's like, my boss is looking for, you know, some 
some good hands. So uh, I had to apply, had to take the aptitude test. Um, and then I got into the apprenticeship program through Jameson Sheet Metal. And, you know, at first it was kind of one of those things, You what did I get myself into? Because this is a brand new, you know, skill, craft that I've never done before, sheet metal. I was a welder, but that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. I think me being the age I was and maybe having a little bit of a life experience with the Marines kind of helped <clears throat> as well. But um, shortly after I got in, um, I kind of saw what it was all about and the camaraderie within the organization itself and how... I mean, we're just talking about that guy that said, hey, how about I, I'll go rent a truck, we'll fill it full of water, and we'll drive it down there. Right. Total on his own dime, you know, one of those things. It was it was pretty awesome. And I was kind of looking, and little stuff like that was happening all around. And I know everybody in this room can kind of test, Brad and Eric, you guys getting out of the, you know, military, wondering what's next, you know, where's my life going to go, and how can I fit this piece of the puzzle you know what I mean? That is right. life kind of thing. You know, it's crazy because you don't know where you're going to fit in yep. and how it's going to look for you moving forward. And you're trying to find that sense of purpose, sense of belonging, you know, that when you got out of the Marines, no matter, or sorry, Marines Army, no matter what you did in the military. But um, one of my first cool experiences, uh, a mentor and friend of mine, John Daniel, <clears throat> who happens to now be the, uh, the, the president of my local um, at the, at the time he was a, he was a business agent and I was an apprentice. I was like a second or third year apprentice and I wanted to do an Ironman. Um, so it's a, a, a triathlon. And he said, well, how about Smart Local 265 sponsors you? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll buy the tri kit. We'll buy the clothes. We'll, you know, we'll, however we can help. We'll help gas, the hotel. We'll sponsor you. We'll, we'll put our, you know, our name on your, your bib, whatever. But I was also doing it for Eden Sanford Breast Cancer Foundation. It was to raise money for that. And because they saw what I was doing for breast cancer research, they wanted to be a part of it. He jumped at it because he's like, man, this here this kid is, you know, doing something kind of cool. So we want to be a part of that. And then they 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 paid for quite a bit of that and um, sponsored me so I could go do this race. And ended up finishing. And that was, I mean, I was a pretty impressionable person. Any You know, any new job anybody takes, I think that they are their... They're easily moldable. You know, they're kind of sponging up things, looking at, you know, realizing which one of the bosses is going to be an asshole, which one of the bosses is cool, you know, what they can get away with at work, yeah. what kind of jokes and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like soaking all this in. I'm like, man, that was, he didn't have to do that, but that was pretty fucking cool right. that he, that he just wanted to help. And so little things like that. And then I, um, I have all these things, uh, and I can't speak for all, all of the locals, but you know, they, they they really value family a lot um in my organization so they they have all these things throughout the year that you can bring your kids to like cookies with santa and that's you know they they hire mr and mrs claus they do this whole big thing in in our our hall and you know once a year they do like nascar races uh one thing i want to get into a little bit later is union sportsman alliance which is yep. getting into the outdoor stuff yeah um they're huge with toys for tots they yeah. are huge with Toys for Tots. We also, one thing that they make our apprentices do um, is six hours of community service a year, every year. You told me about that. That's, and that's awesome. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah. yeah I mean, the yeah. fact that like, well, the, they're making that part of the um, the curriculum. So they, they won't allow them to progress to the next year of the apprenticeship program until they fill that obligation. And um, it's, it's just awesome. When I 
I just did that. I helped out with a race recently. Um, for the, uh, I got your six, five K for those two police officers. Like I say, you helped out, helped out. Well, what, what I'm getting at is, <laughs> is I, my organization, they're like, Hey, do you need volunteers? It's like always. Yeah. So they're, they sent out a, they sent out a mass text black text blast to what was that number? 1000. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah, like yeah. 1600 members. They sent yeah. a text to every one of them say, Hey, reach out to Chris James. You know, it just, I mean, I, I find, and I can't speak against like Walmart or Applebee's or, you know, Bank of America or other, I'm trying to reach out to all these different, you know, types of companies and, and businesses, but I can't imagine that they have that infrastructure of wanting to help and that, you know, it's, it's insane. Like the amount of that camaraderie that I had when I was in the Marine Corps, I have that here, you know, it's, it's, it, it really is cool. They, they care. They have, they have, uh, uh, different campaigns that they'll run throughout the year. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the one that was recently started. Um, I got your, I think it's, I got your back. And mm-hmm. that's about, you know, having each other's our brother and our sisterhood, you know, looking out for each other on the job site. They, they have member assistance programs where it's about, you know, crisis intervention. And they have these people that have been sent to this training that are within the membership. So if you need, you're in a crisis, whether it's financial, drugs, alcohol, suicide, anything, these people are trained to, to look for, you know, key signs. And if someone's struggling and how to get them the help that they need again, man, it's like they have all these, you know, all these, and it doesn't matter about the pay that, they, that we make and the benefits. Like that's just, that's just cherry on top. The foundation of, and the, really the fabric of what local 265 is all about really is making a kind of, what is the old saying? Leaving this life better than how you found it. Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that really is ingrained in our, um, in this organization. So, well, the one thing that I like that you'd mentioned, there's a couple of things that you mentioned that I want to touch on. Real Sorry. Quick. No, that was kind of 265 no, no. vomit. No, dude. No, 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 no. Um, one of the things was you mentioned that you, help out with a got your six five K. Uh you can politely go fuck yourself. That's like <laughs> that is between you and and Brandon are the ones that kind of started and spearheaded that entire event, right? Which is I think yeah just worth worth mentioning. Uh because it's a phenomenal event for a phenomenal cause of got your six five K. But also the one thing that you mentioned was the camaraderie that you felt going to the union, going to Smart Local 265. Yeah. And that's one thing that unions as a whole, I always felt in my opinion, since I got out, had over a lot of other job opportunities because they always reached out. They always had a very pro-veteran environment and like a lot of veterans that I knew when they got out, they would gravitate towards unions because, excuse me, they, because they worked towards fostering that camaraderie and that team environment that like you miss when you get out of service. And like, I know I missed it and I had a few different jobs and I was always working by myself because I would prefer to work by myself because I didn't feel like I had the team that I could count on. And so it makes a lot of sense that, you know, it was such a good fit and why it's such a good fit, not only for you, but for like a lot of other veterans as a whole. Um, So I think that that's, that's really awesome. So I didn't think that was just vomit. It's just great that they support you and everything else that you do like that. Well, not only that, but one thing too, that definitely um, you guys will be able to appreciate is they are huge in the veteran community. Mm-hmm. They So before uh, we sponsored um, 
Project Headspace and Timing, we were big with, um, there's a, lo- it's up near Carroll Stream, but it's a, a homeless veteran shelter that they were with for years and years and years. But they're, again, it's not that they just don't want to help just them, but they want right. to see who else. You Hell know what yeah. I mean? So they kind of, not mm-hmm. that they pushed away from them, but this is kind of perfect timing, uh, Project Headspace and Time. Matter of fact, the the shirt that I got on um, is uh, Remember the the Deployed. Every year right. they come out with a new Remember the Deployed. They got the POW, MIA yeah. patch. Um, and then it's always to the troops. At the beginning of every meeting that we do, we have one meeting a month, they always say the Pledge of Allegiance and they always have a moment of silence for uh, uh, any any past members, retirees that have passed on and for the military, anybody that has given their life for the sacrifice of the country. And one thing I, being a mental health podcast, um, I talked to my... Um, uh, business manager about John Daniel. I said, I, I, as a veteran, I really appreciate that you do that, but not everybody that has given their life for the, not everybody that has died, a veteran gave their life, uh, for their country. Some of them have committed suicide because of the, you know, the 22 a day. Right. So it's pretty cool. Since, since we had that conversation, every meeting, he always says moment of silence for those that have fallen. And then he says, those that we have left behind for the, for the 22, because wow. he pays he pays homage to them for yeah it's pretty cool man they're huge with like yeah veterans they they're insanely big uh with with the veteran not only local 265 but smart international um shipment of workers they're huge because we have the we talked about the fallen outdoors mm-hmm. getting into the you know that's a good segue to get into the outdoors uh oh, yeah seg- uh segment but they're huge with connecting veterans outdoors so yeah well that and when we uh, first rolled out with our fat family membership plan, which we didn't even officially roll it out. We just, we put it together. We put the tiered structure together, you know, and it's, there's like a sponsorship for the festival sponsorship for events, sponsorship on the podcast and smart local two, six, five was the first one to come on board and also take the top spot. Like, take that top tier, the E4 Mafia, because the E4 Mafia runs everything. And it meant so much to me. And it's one of those things where it's just like, as an organization, you hope that you're doing the right things. And you don't see what you're doing, because you're doing the day-to-day shit. Like, you're in the trenches. You don't have the time to see what they're what the you know lieutenant colonels and all these other guys are seeing from the top down you're you're looking you're working down here looking up and so to see an organization when you told me they're like that they voted on it and that there was just there was no uh opposition it was just they supported it everything about being and coming on board and being our big sponsor like it's one of those moments that kind of hits you a little bit in the chest. You know what I mean? You're just like, holy fuck. Like, it's good. It's validating in a very deep and profound way because it just lets you know, okay, we're doing something good. All of these people believe in what we're doing and it means a lot and it helps us continue to do what we do. So I just, I cannot appreciate that stuff enough. But like you're talking about, segueing into being outdoors, do you miss being a dog musher? I would fucking like, That's dude. So cool. Yeah, it's so cool. That like, is you one glossed of the over that. I was like, bro, I want to talk yeah, about that it. for just, a second. I just right? mushed dogs for a little bit. Like, whatever. Yeah, I just uh, like went to Alaska. I may or may not have did that. Did it around twice, but yep. it's cool. Yep. And then you know, now I'm back here. What the fuck was that like? What was that? That had to have been fucking awesome. So it cool. was no, it was sick because well, for one thing, it's kind of like any new job. 
all right, you know, well, what, you know, do I need to go get khakis or shoes? You know, what do I, what's the yeah. dress code? What, you know, what, what's going to be at my desk? So obviously I didn't have anything to go to Alaska. So my buddy, um, Carl took me shopping up at REI to make sure I got like a sleeping bag that was rated to like negative 30 Jesus. and you know, the proper boots and all yep. the gear and stuff. And, um, I remember one of the first days he said, Hey, don't forget to put sunscreen underneath your nostrils. And I was like, what the fuck do I need sunscreen? I thought it was like a, you know, Hayes, the new guy. Right. No, I was hazed that evening by Mother Nature because the reflection of the sun off the snow like oh. burns the bottom of your nose. So that's why you'll see people putting sunscreen underneath there because you wouldn't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. He's And he's just, uh, you know, he's just your normal guy too. Carl right now, um, uh, I think he works at CSL. He's currently working at CSL. His wife's a nurse. nurse. So he's back doing the normal everyday stuff. He just kind of uh, kind of found his way out to Colorado and ended up working for as a dog handler for this musher for a company that so if you're like taking a if you're on a ever on an Alaskan cruise, yeah, okay, and you're gonna port in Skagway, you got Juno, different, you know. So you're gonna port in Skagway, Alaska, that's where I was at. And then you're on the boat and they're gonna give you this spiel. All right, you know, you port in Skagway, the um Alaska Icefield Expeditions is a company you can get on a you know, a 15 minute helicopter ride, it'll take you up on the glacier. You'll get a it's a one or two mile big loop with, you know, authentic sled dogs. And, you know, it's only $600 a person or whatever. It's expensive. I don't yeah. remember, but um, it's, so I was just there to support that, that tourist company, but they had, oh, do math. Well, they, each musher had 30 sled dogs that they were responsible for. Holy like, shit. And it was like a dog house, six feet dog house, dog house, dog house, neuro dog houses. So each in everybody's yard, you had 30 dog houses, 30 dogs, so it's just like you have ever seen like Balto or any of the hell yeah you know what was the Cuba Gooding one? There's a, there's oh. another one sled uh, dogs good yeah was it sled dogs I think so I think it was sled dogs but yeah, yeah it was yeah, badass yeah. was that like one of your first I don't know as far as like doing things outdoors really doing things outdoors outside of the military yes was that kind of your first fucking thing where you were just working outdoors all the fucking live long day you know what i mean yes that was the first that, and, that was it how and how long was that after you got out of the marines got out man four years i think i got okay. out in 07 i think that was around 2011 or 10 three or four years somewhere in there okay and then when did you start doing ultra marathons was that in there too somewhere no that was um my my wife and i had uh had met and we were getting our first, we're now renting our first house together. And I remember the, the, uh, Jenny Goodwin was, uh, Jenny and Steve were our landlords. Matter of fact, Steve, shout out to Steve. If he's listening to this, he's the like Chicago bears facilities manager or something. He takes nice. care of the stadium. Oh, that's up cool. There. Yeah. That is pretty cool. So yeah. they, they moved up to the city. That's why they left their house. Like, well, Hey, we have to meet on this day. Um, because we can't meet on the original day to give you the keys and sign the contract. It's like, Oh, why is that? She's like, I got to go run this ultra marathon. It's like, what the fuck's an ultra marathon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so she's like, oh, it's, you know, it's this hundred mile race. I'm like, you know, and I, I'm like shitting my pants. Yeah. A hundred miles. What? Like running. Right. She's like, yeah, running. I'm like, how many days? She's like, well, 30 hours. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm like, ne I've never even heard of ultra, I've, you know, marathons. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that was back in 2000 and would have been 11 or 12. Um, 
And then that's when I started getting into, before then I'd always done like five K's or just around town stuff, you know, like the, I, I got your six, I'd sign up yep. for something like that. Or Ashley can was a big one. Yep. Um, uh, and then, yeah, just kind of found myself in a ultra running. I, I didn't even know what that was. So the story goes, I, I got home that night or the night after, and I got pretty, pretty drunk on a bottle or two of wine, maybe with my wife. Yep. And then uh, I woke up the next morning and saw that I had registered for the next year's hundred mile, oh, mile ultra marathon. And my wife's like, you are a fucking idiot. She's like, well, you've never ran the furthest I had ever run was a 10 K, which is a little over six miles. Yeah. She's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so she's like, why don't you? <laughs> so we, so we, her and I sat down together and we, and uh, we looked for a bunch of smaller races. Like, um, well, first I, I found a half marathon. So I signed up for that. And then a marathon is 26 miles. And then the ultra is anything over, um, over 26 miles. So, so the, a 50 K is like around like 31 or 30 miles, something like that. Okay. So instead of signing up for a marathon, I just signed up for the 50 K, which is just a few miles longer. Um, so I did a 50 K, then I found a 50 miler, signed up for that. And then, so I, I kind of built my way. I signed up for these races training for the hundred, not a smart move. I would not suggest. No, no. But in doing that though, that was really, I would say that was my first experience with outdoors where I found that serenity, that meditation. Right. Um, cause in Alaska was definitely my first job outdoors, but it wasn't as much. You're, you're busting ass all day. I had two mushers. So each one of them had 30 dogs. I had 60 dogs. I was responsible for helping with scooping shit. Yo, you know what I mean? Yeah. For 30 it's, dogs. Yeah. You got Fuck. the, yeah. what agency cares about or deals with, uh, the like management and conservation as far as like Alaska would be good. So we had to leave the glacier, how we found it. So all the dog hair that was shed, we had to scoop up. Wow. Oh yeah. Everything. Wow. Everything. Every piece of poop had to be scooped up. Yeah. Like it just wasn't like let it melt in the snow. We had to right. go with big rakes and rake the dog hair. No So way. I enjoyed being there, but it was a, that was a stressful ass job being on that glacier for it, it just, it was awesome. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It was right, the most right, beautiful right, scenery, right, 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 right. but, but just, you were working, you were busting ass all day and it was, it was a cool job. But, uh, but as far as being outdoors, my first experience that like I connected yeah. on, a, on almost a spiritual level was running was through ultras. Why do you think do you, why do you think that is? Was it because I have to imagine, and I don't know if you guys know this, I've never ran an ultra marathon, but <laughs> I have, I know, right? <laughs> right? Everybody's like, you look like you run an ultra marathon. So nope. Um, but I have to imagine like you're out there alone, right? Like you're out there and it's just you in on a fucking road in the middle of wherever. And you're just kind of by yourself or are you with other people when you're running that? Like, what is that like? Because it's, I would maybe, and not also not having a motorcycle, but knowing all my friends that have motorcycles and when they talk about how peaceful it is when they're driving or they're riding out in nature, they're just out there. They feel like they're out and they feel like they're a part of it. Like, was that what it was like for you when you hit that place, that runner's high, and there's just nobody else around, and it's just like you and nature? Like, is that why it was so appealing? Well, I, I want to kick that question to Brad because yeah. I'm interested in, yeah. in Brad with the training that you're doing for the APT. Yeah. Um, do you ever find yourself kind of in a flow state walking, and all of a sudden you, like, realize that you just – you look at your watch and, like, man, I just – I just went by mile five and I didn't even remember going by mile three or four all the time, 
all the time because you get out in nature and you start walking and you just forget about everything and then next thing you know it's i mean it's a little bit more difficult around town hold up real quick brad yep make sure that that mic is close 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 yeah close like right here perfect yep, yep. okay that sounds better sorry um no like uh walking around town it's a little hard because you like well, I guess I really can't see the scenery, but I've grown up. I grew up in Mantino, so I kind of know. But yeah, dude, when I'm out walking, it's there'll like there'll be times where I just go like seven miles and not even realize it's. I don't know. It's therapeutic, man. Well, to kind of piggyback on what Chris was saying, one thing that we talked about before was like being outdoors and walking for you, yeah. especially when you first started dealing with the blindness. Yeah, that was like your. That was your release, right? That was the biggest release for you because it was something that you could still do and control and not really so much have a problem with, right? Well, once I got my cane, right? right. So before I got my cane, I had to hold on to somebody's arm yeah, all the time. So until I got my cane, yeah, yeah, yeah. But once I got it, absolutely, dude. It's sense of freedom all over again. Within limitations, obviously. I can't just like get in the car and I can't walk like 30. I mean, I guess I can walk like 30 miles, but... Well, like one of the things we started doing was it last year with Troops on Trails was uh, hikes. Yeah. And we would go to the state park. And I was surprised, but also not like we would get veterans together just to go on a hike and we would just talk about shit. And the intent was never to like you have to open up about your feelings when we're walking it's just like yo we're all gonna get together we're gonna fucking walk for a few miles and whenever we got to turn around we'll turn around we'll come back and we would just have these walks with like you know sometimes there'd be like five or six of us and brad would be with us and it always just felt right it felt good yeah it and and we do Lima Charlie, which is the peer support group with OCB every Monday here in Brad, uh, out over in Bradley. And that's also great. That's also great. But the hiking is a different feeling. Oh yeah. When you're just with some other, with some other veterans and on Memorial day, which was this past Monday, we did another Lima Charlie, but this time we did it at one of our, one of the guys who comes to it, uh, his name's Scott. And uh, he's a Viet- uh, Vietnam era veteran. And uh, he asked if we could do it at his house, be outdoors. And we sat around the fire and we had a little peer support group. We had our Lima Charlie peer support group around the fire. And it just feels right. Like, I feel like sitting, there are few better feelings than just sitting around a fire with some people you care about oh, yeah. and just shooting the shit. I think it's anywhere in nature. You ever just sat yeah. on a dock and dangled your feet in the water? That's dude, the best feeling in the world. Dude, I, you know, I mentioned this, I think, in the last episode because we'd recently uh, spread my mom's ashes and we did that at my family's cabins, which is my favorite fucking place in the world. And after we spread her ashes out, my dad and I went and we just sat on the pier and we just talked for like four hours. Yeah. And it was the best shit ever. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I definitely agree that it just feels feels good being out there but it, it definitely has to do with something with the elements like you said like yeah, fire dude. water yep i just came back yeah. from florida and um visiting a buddy of mine and his wife down there my wife and i went on a vacation and brad was saying about sitting on the dock dangling your feet we'd be over next to his he has a, a screened in pool and he has a you know a patio table we'd sit at his table having a couple of drinks 
And every 10, 15 minutes, I would just get up. I'd walk over to the pool, sit on the side of the pool, put my feet in there and just, and then get up, go back to the table. And for whatever reason, another 20, 30 minutes later, I get the itch. I'd want to go right back by the pool, put my feet in the water, sit there. So there's something about connecting with the elements. I mean, I think it is just being outside and it's, it's primitive. I really think it's very primitive. Yes, it's, I agree. it's ingrained in our DNA. Yep. Um, yeah, it, there's, there's, I really like a, some kind of person who's a lot smarter than probably all three of us to really explain <laughs> what it is about not the chemicals in our brain that are getting released, whether it's that, that's what's the, what's the big one? Serotonin. Serotonin. Is that the, like the feel good? A squared plus B squared equals C yeah, squared. That's that's sun sun make me feel happy. <laughs> well, um, no, but to, to your point, Chris, like. There are, there are plenty of things. There are plenty of studies that are out there Absolutely. that talk about why the fuck it feels so good to be out in nature. And, okay, studies aside, like, we all just made it through COVID. Uh, and that was a weird fucking time, right, where everybody was kind of trapped in their fucking houses. And what are we seeing, especially, and again, this isn't coming from the professional sense. This is coming from the sense of somebody who just talks to people and listens to what they what they say but it's like it seems like there's a lot of problems with anxiety there's a lot of problems with depression and a lot of those problems are with a lot of the people that were forced to have to stay in their house and weren't able to leave when we were kids and now i feel like we're entering that old man territory it's like back you, in my you guys can speak for yourself <laughs> i'm not even 30 yet calm yeah. down bro <laughs> You you are talking to, I'm an elder millennial, okay? I'm an elder millennial. I don't know if Chris is a millennial technically, I think. Are you outside of that or are you the eldest millennial? I think, <laughs> I think, I think the, I think it's around 83, 84? No, well, yeah, somewhere around there because I know I am, but I know I'm right on the cusp. God damn it. So. Respect your elders. I do. I do. Bradley. <laughs> I'm just, but I'm just saying. <laughs> when, when I, when. Back when I was a child, we were outside all the time. Oh, yeah. Right. And and we had, uh, I remember when like we did have video games and shit and we would play those when it was like raining or whatever, but we were always outside. Yeah. We, were, we were playing neighborhood night tag, running around our entire fucking neighborhood on the weekends. You were out from morning until evening like you were just out you were riding bikes yep. playing sports doing what the fuck ever and it just felt so good yep. and now i just i can't help but wonder especially when it comes to like kids because i know we all here have kids all of our kids are around the same age it's like you spend so much time inside yeah like it would probably make you feel a little bit more anxious like when i got out of the military well when i stopped deploying period my first job that was in an office Dude, it felt fucking weird. Yeah. Like I felt closed off. I felt claustrophobic. And I just started getting that anxiety. I just wanted to be out. You know what I mean? And you can't help but wonder if like there's I mean, science would also kind of say that there's there's something there too. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like um one quick study that I did find, uh, according to the American Psychological Association, the article is called Nurture by Nature. Psychological research is advancing our understanding of how time and nature can improve our mental health and sharpen our cognition. So it's a whole article that just goes into that, talks about all the cognitive benefits about spending time in nature. Um, 
a topic University of Chicago psychologist Mark Berman and his student explored in a 2019 review. They reported, for instance, that green spaces near schools promote cognitive development in children and green views near children's homes promote self-control behaviors. So it goes on to talk about how they looked at kids with like ADD and everything like that. And just not only does the color green help instill some calmness, which they believe is because of how it reminds us about of nature, but it's having those spaces and having those kids outside is so beneficial to them. And it's like, it's not, it shouldn't be much of a surprise to us because we grew up in that shit, right? Yeah. Like, what were you outside all the time as a fucking kid? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, one thing, do you said that study, do you think, I mean, I would have to say some of that is, is, is more than just uh, a placebo or uh, I don't you would call it, but it has to be biological because of oxygen that trees give off, you know? I mean, that's, you got that mental clarity if you're, you know, you're in the city and you're not around trees versus you're working from home or in, you're in a park or whatever. I just assume you're going to have more mental clarity because of, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, again, A squared plus B squared, but. <laughs> I remember that. Um, yeah. To, so I recently talked to a veteran who we got into a treatment facility and this veteran had been into a couple of treatment facilities and the first treatment facility he was in uh, for mental health uh, was in a big city. It was fine. He did pretty good. He got out of it. And then he needed to go get some more help uh, a little bit later, months later. And so we went to a different facility. And this other facility, it's actually for a company I work for called Bandian Treatment Centers. It's uh, in Gilman, Illinois, which for, if, if you don't know, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And it's at this big, it's, it's called uh, Banyan Heartland. And, excuse me. It's called Banyan Heartland. And it used to be owned by Oprah. It was like a spa place or something. It's just gigantic farmhouse surrounded by other farmhouses in the middle of the fields. And I talked to the veteran when he was there. I went out there and I saw him. And I was like, hey, how's your treatment been going since you've been here, man? And he goes, I'm able to think out here. He said, it's just, he just feels more clear because... There was there wasn't as much stimuli. I think that's part of it. I mean, mm. there is stimuli, you know, obviously being but it's natural nature. stimuli. Yes, yep. yeah. It's not like the car horns and the smog and concrete and, and steel. Concrete and steel. Yep. Rude, it's not, rude people. Right. Yeah. You're just you're able to think. And like we've talked a, a lot before about walking meditations yeah. and how beneficial it is to walk. Dude, I do it all the time. Uh, where I take walks at night yeah. and it's just a different vibe. It just feels so good. I do a fair amount of public speaking. Like I got to do a commencement speech recently for Kankakee Community College and stuff like that. And before I have to do any speech where I'm talking in front of hundreds or thousands of people, I will always the night before try to take a walk outside. And I won't listen to anything. I won't, I won't, I'll try to, uh, you know, no headphones, nothing. I just take a walk outside and just let my brain process things. And it's almost to me like a, have either of you guys ever done like a sensory deprivation chamber, like a float tank or anything? 
No. You ever tried one? No. Uh-uh. So I definitely recommend it. Um, there's a place called Float 360. It is in, I think, Naperville and maybe Crown Point. But you get into this uh, big, it's almost like a giant bean. And the water is the same temperature as the air. So, and there's enough Epsom salt in there where you can float. And because of the temperature being the same, and you can have it pitch black in there, you can't really, you feel like you're floating. And the reason why they say it's so beneficial, sensory deprivation, is because they they say it's like really good for your mind. And I'll usually do it a couple of, maybe two to four times a year. And it's really good because what I do on the other side is pretty, like, a lot of my work is pretty stressful. And that really helps me clear my mind. Because it's just, it's complete sensory deprivation. But I've noticed that I get the same feelings when I'm out in nature. You know what I mean? Where it's just, I can breathe, I can think clearly, and I don't know what that is. Like, I know that so many people that live in big cities, and and again, there's nothing wrong with that either. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being in a big city. But I feel like a lot of the time, some folks from cities, larger cities, shit on people in like rural areas because we're like, I don't know. They think we're, we talk slower or what the fuck. Like deliverance. Right. (laughs) Yes. But I'm like, not, we're just fucking a little more relaxed because we can think out here. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that's how I feel. But, um, but yeah. So a couple other things. Uh, The other thing too, that you've been really instrumental in with us, Chris is uh, when I talk to you about troops on trails, so when I talked to you about how I wanted to start doing things with veterans outdoors, you were like, yeah, dude, let's fucking talk because you also like to go down to Southern Illinois and spend some time out in nature and you do a little bit of bow hunting. Now, I know that you like that for a few different reasons. Do you find like that is a nice reprieve for you as well? Like it, when you take a trip down there and you're sitting out in a deer stand for X amount of hours, like I have to imagine that that's also very comforting. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it is, yeah. Um, it's funny that you, you know, talk about the comfort because I've never done it. Um, but I've always told myself uh, today, I'm not even going to take my bow. I'm going to just leave my bow on the, you know, on the shelf and I'm just going to go sit in the tree stand. But then there's always that devil, you know, like I just take it just in case, just in case, because I, there's so many times that, you know, some of my favorite times hunting is when the deer are too far away to actually, you know, draw back and, and, and take a shot. So you just get to observe and you're just there just watching. You, you yeah. can't, you, they're, they're too far to that. You can even do anything and you're not trying to get, you know, that they're not coming in towards you or they're just maybe making their way across or um, getting chased off by a Cody or something, but you're just, you just get to watch. And those are my, just as much as I enjoy harvesting a deer, uh, you know, for the freezer, I, I enjoy just watching because it's, 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 you're not having to look through your flat screen TV on the, you know, National Geographic channel and getting to see all this nature. You're seeing it up front and you're, you're in the moment. It's, yeah, it's insane. That's why, like, I've said this before, but it's like the older I get, and I mean this like 50% joking and 50% being serious. I understand bird watching more and more every day as i get older <laughs> like i thought that that was like yeah i as younger you see people that are bird watching you're like what the fuck are you doing like you're just looking at birds and now when i drive 
if I see like a hawk or something, I like I want to pull over. I'm like, yo, did you see the fucking wingspan on that thing? Like, what the fuck kind of bird? Like, and when again, when I'm over, when I'm out at the cabins, and I'm just watching nature, and you see an eagle, and you're like, what the fuck? It just feels so good because, like you said, you're not looking through a TV. And you can just sit there. And if you were watching that same thing that you're watching on nature, and granted, I don't know, as I'm saying it, maybe not, because like I like watching nature documentaries too, but I'll watch an eagle just flying around for like as long as it's flying around in my view. I'm just sitting there staring at it because it just, you feel, I feel like I'm just more connected maybe with nature. That's one of the best words you can use. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how it's else I would describe man. it because. After every deployment, when I would come home, that's where I would want to go. I'd want to go to the cabins. I'd want to spend time with my wife, you know, but when I needed to refill my cup mentally, yeah. I just, I wanted to be up there. I wanted to be out in nature and that was so beneficial for me. And there's that amazing movie. I think it's an amazing movie. Uh, the Deer Hunter. You've never seen Deer Hunter? No. Oh, dude. Batman. You hear that, Brad? <laughs> Joker. Oh, dude. You know what? I have also been told. I don't know if you ever watch. You ever watch Supernatural? Show no, Supernatural. I don't think so. There's a dude on there, Jensen Ackles, and he plays uh, Dean, and he talks exactly like this. And so I sound also just like him. But yes, um, you do. You know <laughs> I didn't what I'm even. About? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn even. it, Sam. We got to stop the devil. You know what I'm talking about? Damn. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? Fine. Deer that, Hunter. Deer Hunter. So Deer Hunter has. Christopher Walken, okay, uh, De Niro, Meryl Streep, uh, older movie like sixties, seven? No, not sixties, probably seventies, eighties, and it's about Vietnam veterans coming hmm. back from Vietnam. And oh man, the more I talk about, it, I think you'd appreciate this movie. And they find this, they find so much benefit being out in nature and hunting deer. And it's a very much like a, and it's been years since I've seen it. So I could be getting some of this wrong, but Vietnam veteran comes home and he's having, it's about a few Vietnam veterans that come home and they're having a really hard time just processing shit. And the one veteran that seems to be doing the best, uh, De Niro, he loves spending time out in nature and he's out there hunting deer. And it's just a really, um, emotional thing for him and then you get to see towards the end like christopher walken's character uh not doing so well coming home and they he gets involved in uh russian roulette and like all this other crazy shit and it was just it was a solid movie but that was one of the first movies that i saw and i think i had just come home like maybe the first time but it started to make me understand that there was some benefit in being being outdoors, you know, it's something that I regret not doing earlier. What's that? Hunting. Oh Getting yeah. Be yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, that's, you're there and you're there to hunt. So you're, you're in the stand or you're in a blind or wherever you're at, you're not moving. You're completely still unless you're doing a spot and stalk, which be, you know, means you're getting up on your, on your feet and kind of going after, uh, the animal. Um, but a buddy of mine, at a, at a shop I worked for, Roberts Environmental in Tinley, another sheet metal shop when I was in the union, huge hunter. Um, actually, two two workers I worked with, Paul Rufatti and uh, Terry Harms. Um, Paul's passed on, and he was a huge avid. One of those, you know, he, he heard I was going to go hunt for the first time. He's like, Chris, take some iodine. Uh, what's uh, iodine? Is that what? Yeah. Uh, can 
to with attract, water? Yeah, to attract the deer. No, I no, I. What, what do you put in water to, to like uh, cleanse it? Oh, iodine it. tablets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, iodine with you. Make sure you take a compass in case you get lost. I'm like, I'm gonna be like. Tw- 20 yards in the woods, Paul. Yeah. Either ways, but Terry, <laughs> Terry Harms, he's he's still around, and he, a uh, buddy of mine, sold me the bow that I use uh, to hunt with. He he got in, he got me essentially into hunting, so I have him to thank for that for sure. And after the first year or two, I'm like, you know, why the hell didn't I pick this up before? Because that, that clarity, that focus, that drain, it's a drain. You know, you're in the stand and shit that mattered three hours before you sit in the stand and you're watching the sun come up. It is nothing cooler than being pitch black. You can't see anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can watch the sunrise and you're sitting there. And then all of a sudden you, you think you're seeing stuff. Is that a deer? It's too dark. I can't see yet. And then the, whatever it is, it's just, you're in the moment. You really are observing it and you're not to sound too much like a, like a like I'm in Fern Gully, but you're one with great <laughs> fucking movie. You're by one the way. with nature. You're connected. You yeah. you are really connected, and um, there there's nothing more beautiful and surreal than be than sitting in a tree stand and just watching stuff like a hawk or a bird or even a squirrel or whatever whatever is out in nature. Whether it's the grass blowing around in the wind, listening to the sounds, you can hear something behind you, but you're afraid to look because a deer might see you move. It might not be a deer, but all these little, you are so hyper-focused. Your senses are heightened, right? Because you are so, you're you're like, that's why it's also mentally draining, you know, hunting for a long period of time because you are on such a heightened state. But it's, I don't know, maybe that's when you're more is it receptive yeah. to let things in because you're, you're picking up on sounds and sights and everything. And so, I don't know, man, it's, I regret not doing it any sooner than I did. I know everything happens for a reason, you right, know. Right, right. But uh, just just based off that, it sounds like I should go hunting more because you said the most exhilarating times, like before the sun comes up, like is that a deer? Is that not a deer? That'd be me all day. Is uh-huh. that a deer? Is it not a deer? <laughs> just, so just because of Brad's there. sight, he I mean he so he's hyper focused in other areas, you know, jokingly, but really, that's why I throw shit. Brad's like, no, no, time. listen, listen to how it's walk. It's not a deer. It's a squirrel. <laughs> shit, all right, thanks. You know what I mean? Yep. Just because he'd be. <laughs> jokes aside uh when we when again getting back to when you had that conversation with me about like how beneficial you thought being outdoors was how much you like bow uh bow hunting and everything well we uh, like project headspace and timing we got linked up with border town guns out moments and our boy kenny sane who is amazing and an instructor out there and we started doing uh archery classes out there right and brad you didn't you felt super uncomfortable at first yeah but you you were fucking killing it after like a couple of classes you got out there and we were all out there shooting and you you loved it yeah oh like, yeah yeah it was great it, it was real fun. yeah that dude that was that was pretty awesome watching you shoot just kind of a testament to what you're not afraid to do you yeah. know what i mean yep. or the stigma of of ice you know having i blindness yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i mean but being out there pulling back having kenny right there by him you know raise your elbow do this whatever just that was that was cool as shit to see yeah. other killing well, it i think i because i've never done it before it was just like being at boot camp i've never shot a gun before and if you just like listen to what they teach you you can actually like enjoy it and yeah great analogy so it's well that and i feel like with you you just needed to know like you're your positioning, like your posture and everything like that. And then once you felt comfortable with that, you got into a groove because your shot groups were 
I felt like they were pretty good. You know what I mean? It's not like you were shooting all over the place. Like you had that target out there and then you just, you were settled in. And then I talked to you about it after when we were driving home and you're like, dude, that was really, yeah. you really enjoyed that. And you surprised yourself. It sounded like, to yeah, me, yeah. Right. Well, I'm hoping to be cast for the next Rambo. So we'll see. Like as the next Rambo yeah, take like, over for Sly. Yeah. Like Rambo junior or something. Did you see the last Rambo movie? Where, where he had a 50 cal on top of that truck and he's just turning oh yeah oh I think yeah, it was yeah. like viet vietnamese i don't remember who he cambodia. was cambodia cambodia yeah, he was just yeah. turning him into fucking mist yes these movies are so fucking ridiculous Dude, now. Yeah. And giant shout out too you brought up border town man yep yeah you know what i mean and kenny and what they're doing like another organization that's big with veterans oh my veteran God. owned yeah border town Doug. yep yeah so it's pretty cool that they're like yeah like have our space for free when you told me about that, man, I was blown away. And how can you not want to be a part of something that's already, you know, so successful? And, and not only that, but trying to help other people be successful in what they're doing. So not and not only that, but the one thing that I love about when it comes to nature and everything like that, it's like you and Kenny over at Border Town and the whole crew over at Border Town. When I approached you and I was like, hey, I got some veterans and I think we want to do some stuff outdoors, you know how beneficial it is for you mm -hmm. you feel it and so you just want to share it with other people and so like you kenny and so many other people have been so welcoming and so encouraging and so supportive because you know the benefit because you get the fucking benefits so you're like hell yeah man you're struggling dude this this i know how this makes me feel and if it makes me feel this good i want it i want it to make you feel this good and so when whenever people are that encouraging about things like that that also tells me like yo there's fucking something here right like there's some fucking benefit to being out here so yeah doing those art doing archery and planning for um you know, some trips later this year, uh, where we can bring some veterans out and just make sure they're out in nature. I definitely, you got to check out the deer hunter, especially before we go out there, dude. Cause you're, or, like, it's or, gonna or we'll save it for when we are out there. Ooh, fuck crack, yeah. crack a couple bush lights. Hell yeah. And see, that's, lattes. Going into that. That's one of the coolest things about being at deer camp is you come out of the woods, everyone sharing their story, whether you got a deer or not. Oh, this thing came 20 yards from me. You know what I mean? I pulled back and my maybe my arrow rattled and my, my arrow rest and it heard me and then it took off. But, you know, oh man, you know, my, my blood was pumping and the, the part of the, that camaraderie, you're talking yeah. about sitting around a fire at night. Yes. You know what I mean? Sitting on our fire, we'll put the laptop up. We got the deer hunter on. Everyone's watching. It's just, those are, that to me is almost just as important, if not more important than... Um, because everyone's taking their own individual experiences, what they went through that day, and they're sharing them with each other, which is then bringing that community of whatever it is, two, three, four people even closer, and you're able to create that bond and that experience and the memory that can last a lot through hunting. And real quick, not to keep going too far into it, but you, we we're talking about archery. Yeah. And that is awesome. Yeah. If you are, if you are, have any kind of mental health issues or... um whether it's stress, anxiety, PTSD, depression, whatever it is, pick up something like archery because that teaches you to be focused, have patience. You know what I mean? Especially whew, patience is a big one because, you know, uh, and I'm not a great archer by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I'm still fairly new. I've, I've only been hunting for about five years, but getting that thing at full draw and knowing when to release and that shot control and not trying to punch the trigger just like you would with a, a pistol. You know what yeah, I mean? Yep. Punching that trigger. So it, it's all about 
your target breathing same thing as with walking you got to worry about breathing running yeah. you got to worry about breathing it's all about that oxygen getting into your mind and being able to kind of relax your your body and it's it's an insanely helpful uh tool for uh it's like meditating it's like going to i've yes. never done yoga but i assume it's like yoga yeah or if you're getting put under by a who, who, who hypnosis is that right yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that, something like that it's i can't i've never done that before either but i just assume it's just as effective because i mean i'll have and my wife is a phenomenal person puts and she's married to me so she has to be yeah um i know we, we can all attest <laughs> yeah uh and you know the fact that she even lets me do hunting to begin with is, you know, is, is awesome. But let's just say her and I, we had a little bit of a bout. You know what I mean? It's over the car. I don't know where the car keys. Where'd you put the car keys? I don't yeah. know. Well, you had them last, you know, we're arguing about something dumb. Wife shit. Yep. It's the same thing as getting in a tree stand as it is Brad going for a walk or you going for a walk or me out running. You get to clear your head. It's that drain. You know, you come back, you feel a little bit regenerated, more energy, which is funny because you just got to exercising, yeah. but you have that mental energy that you didn't have before. And that same thing that hunting, it's the exact same, that state of Zen that you'll get in with walking or, or running that you can get in with hunting. All of a sudden you're like, man, I didn't realize I've been in the stand for two and a half hours. Yeah. And because you've just been in the moment, you're not thinking about other things, work or your bank account or, you know, how you're going to make a payment or. I mean, for anybody that's struggling, any veterans out there, or even, you know, regular civilians that have never served, it's something I just, I could not recommend more and, and plea for people to, to get into, uh, because it's, it's one of the most, um, for not being a spiritual person, it's one of the most spiritual experiences I've ever had in my entire life, especially when you do, you're in that moment and you are able to harvest the animal, an animal that just gave its life and sacrifice so you can put meat on your family's plate. And then three, four months later, your your family is eating that meat that you harvested with your own two hands. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's that, that, that's it's it's even more spiritual. That's yeah. very heavy. And it's you know, you're seeing that nutrition, that organic, you want to call, you know, you want to get in that whole rabbit hole, non-GMO and no antibiotics, hormones, and all that. Your right. your kids are eating that stuff, and you're like knowing that they're, I don't know, man, it's it's like a full circle thing. And then all you think about is when the next season's coming back around so you can put more food in the freezer. So it's, I don't know, I can go days and days talking about hunting and yeah. the benefits. Like, well, and the one thing too is, so I, um, I not a big hunter. I'm just starting to get into it. Like with the archery and everything like that. Always been a fisherman. I was like, I, I've always been big into fishing. I love fishing. And we were at the cabins one day and we brought some people, some of my friends from down here. And one of my buddies is not an outdoors guy at all. And we caught, um, it was a northern pike. Caught a northern pike, filleted him, uh, took the, you know, and, and threw him on the grill. And we, you know, we caught him. And within two hours, we were eating him. <laughs> and my buddy was just like so blown away by it. Like he couldn't wrap his mind around it. <laughs> You know, it's like, dude, we were just fit. Like you just caught it. Now we're just eating. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not something that a lot of people are used to, but it's such a fulfilling thing because it's like, how else, again, you brought up earlier, the primitive thing of it all. It's like, I got to do something for people that I love and care about. Like I went out and I got this, this food 
this, I got this meat that's going to give us sustenance. It's going to give us protein. That's going to help us get through the day. And I'm able to share that with my family, with my friends. And it's a very beautiful thing to be able to provide something like that because many times in history, that's an invaluable gift because food wasn't always as bountiful as it is right now. But such a necessity. Oh my God. You know, so it's such a cool thing. But the other thing too, that you brought up that I wanted to touch on. Um, so one of the other things that we did, like getting back to sitting around a fire and how, well, let me take another step back. You mentioned like meditating, what's like to go bow hunting for you. And when you look at what met, like what is meditation? What is all that shit? It's focus, right? Yeah. Right. Like Brad, you, you take meditation more seriously than me. That's what meditating is, right? It's focusing on something or what, For right? For the most part, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you do that daily, correct? Um, I It's been a while since I have, but I did do it for a while. Um, Yeah, it's definitely very like centering and just getting and back to. So when you're pulling back a bowstring, when you're doing something like that, that's pretty much the same thing yeah like you're focusing you are blocking out everything else like you said you're not thinking about the bills that are due you're not thinking about some uh fucking argument you had with your wife that morning or your husband that morning you're thinking of your body mm -hmm. because your breathing's important your posture is important your sight picture all of the the things the, the pieces of basic basic rifle marksmanship you know what i mean mm -hmm. and you're yep. thinking about the target you're watching what you're doing and then you're correcting yourself you're like okay that one went this way now i need to do this maybe if i just change this and you're focusing on this one thing and i feel like that's so because that is meditation like i always say like working out for me is meditating that's exactly what meditation is that's exactly what it is because the, the, i do one where it's just like positive affirmations so i'll yeah. meditate and during my like my meditation i'll be like i am someone who spreads positivity Right. I spread love right. and joy. And that's, I just keep saying that over and over and over. It's the exact same thing as what you just explained. And it's important to, to be able with as much stimuli as we have now, with as much that's going on in the, on the fucking phone that we have in our pockets right. and raising families and watching the news and like doing all the day-to-day -day shit that comes with being a human being right now. It's like, you need to take those moments to be able to focus on one thing. And if that's meditating, great. And, but meditation comes in so many different forms, like walking in nature, pulling back a bowstring, anything like that. So I just, I think that there are some people that discount how important it is to be able to do things like that. And if it's not for you, it's not for you, but you can't, you can't say that it's not cathartic. You can't say it's not therapeutic. You can't say it's not a release for some people. And one of the, the, first moments where I realized that like having veterans outdoors was such a huge thing and so beneficial. One of the first things that we did as an organization, we did a kayak trip and we did a kayak trip. Uh, we had like eight veterans. Most of them were like combat veterans that were dealing. Some of them were dealing with some shit. And the plan was we were going to get together early in the morning. We had a, a Blackstone grill like, so we we're going to fire the grill up, make breakfast, get a fire going, get the plan for the day. And then we we're going to go on a kayak trip. We we're going to be out there for like four or five hours. And then we we're going to come back to the fire. 
my hope, and I did this shout out to uh, Nick Smith, who's on our board, and he's also our Troops on Trails like lead uh, and veteran, amazing, all around amazing fucking dude. He and I kind of worked on putting this together with the help of some other folks. And we said, just like with anything else, the intent is not to make people talk about their feelings. It's not, I'm not saying, Hey, we're going to do this. And then we're going to have a presentation about emotions and stuff. It's like, nah, man, we're going to get together. We're going to go kayaking. We're going to have some food. We're just going to fucking chill around a fire. We got there. And our hope was because we knew some of the guys that we were bringing out were struggling a little bit. We knew that. And so our hope was that at the end of this retreat, maybe one of the guys would come to us and say, Hey man, Thank you. You know, this was beneficial. That was our hope. And if we achieved that, we were going to be very happy. Within 30 minutes of first fucking getting there and sitting around the fire, almost all the guys were talking to each other just about what was going on in their lives. Most of these guys didn't fucking know each other. We were sitting around the fire and one guy was like, yep. after we started talking for a little bit and that mutual experience was shared, like we're veterans. Yeah. I was in Iraq. I was in Afghanistan. I did this. I did that, whatever, whatever guys started talking about the hardships. They started talking about the issues that they were dealing with. One guy started talking about his depression and the pills that he was on. And Nick and I like looked at each other and we were just like, yo dude, like, this is crazy. It's, it's happening. It's bro, happening. It's ha- it, we've been here for 30 <laughs> minutes. Like we're not even eating breakfast yet. We're just sitting around a fire and something about it was so comforting. The guys are just starting to sh- like talk about shit. And then we went out kayaking. We kayaked for like four or five hours, got back. And just like what you said about guys sitting out in deer stands and then coming back to the cabin or whatever, everybody we all had the same experience, but we all had different experiences. Like we were all out in nature, but we we're all processing things that were going on within our own lives too. And so then we get back and guys are like, yeah, man, did you see that fucking, did you see that fish that was swimming around? Did you see this when we saw, when we went over here and that current started taking us and it just felt so good because we were doing something as a group, but also individually. Yeah. Right. And it was just. When we did that first event, Nick and I just said that was before it was troops on trails or whatever. We were just doing it. We were like, we need to have a division of our organization dedicated to doing shit outdoors. Yeah. Because it's like if veterans aren't ready, one of the veterans that we were working with there who went there went to a treatment facility like a month or two later. And, um, which is phenomenal because we were just surrounding each other with positive people, constructive, productive conversations, people that have been through similar shit. And so it's like from the, from the nonprofit side, we do crisis intervention, right? We do the outreach stuff when we have guys that are in a crisis, but they're not ready to, to make the decision to do whatever it is they need. When we get them involved with our outreach, when we get them involved in nature and stuff like that, we see them coming around at some point and wanting to make the decision to better themselves. And I think part of that is because one, they surround themselves with, with all these positive people that have been through similar things, but also because being out in nature allows them to really peel back layers and realize some things about what's going on with themselves. Because when you have all this stimuli going on 
all the stimulation, I, I think it's so easy to, what's the word, um, just kind of push everything off, like whatever you're dealing with. Like, I don't need to focus on it because I got to focus on the bills, right? I got to focus fucking TVs broken. I got to focus on this. I got to focus on that. But when you're out in nature and there's nothing else to focus on, you got to focus on yourself. You have to. There's nothing else. Yeah, to fucking I mean, focus I think on. meditation and reflection yeah. are synonymous with each other because you are alone. Yep. And um, there's no distractions. You know, the word I think you were looking for was dis- you dismiss stuff. Yes. Thank you. And, yes. And uh, there's nothing to dismiss because you, you, you take an angry man and you put him in a tree stand for four or five hours and you pull him out of the tree stand. Yeah. He's going to be a lot less. Yeah. A lot less upset than he was when he went in just because it's just something. And he probably won't even be able to put his finger on it and tell you what happened. Right. Like, oh, I don't I mean, just what I don't know. There's something. I was going to ask you both. What is your opinion? Like, do you think being out in nature is beneficial for veterans? And if so, why do you think it's beneficial? Go ahead, Brian. Um, yes, I do think it's beneficial. And I think it's beneficial. Like we've been talking about this whole episode. You get the opportunity to clear your mind, to clear your head. You get the opportunity to focus on yourself a little bit. And I think you just, I don't know, for me, for me, it's just, like I said, it's therapeutic. And once I started losing my vision, it was something else that I could, something I could do that I found enjoyment in, you know, like before everything required vision, video games, TV, you know, whatever, but just being out in nature and connecting to nature just on a walk or whatever that really really helped me get through um coping with with losing my vision so i think yes it's very beneficial so what you just said about it so being outside kind of helped you cope with losing your vision yeah even though you weren't able to visually be able to see what you were walking around like what was it that was so comforting to you was it you could feel it? Was it because yeah. of your the, the the smells, how the, the the fresh air? Like, what do you think it was, dude? The best way I can describe it is it, just the feeling. So imagine yeah. getting into a bed in the winter and you have like that really big heavy comforter and it just like feels right. Yeah, that's what it feels like when I go to the state park and just walk the trails. It just yeah. it just feels right. Yeah, that when I walk around Mantino, yeah, it just it just feels like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Hell yeah! I think it's that pr- that primitive, you know, feature we were talking about. Yep. To piggyback with what Brad said, it's 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 almost it's unex you can't explain it. You know, a scientist could break down what's happening in the human brain, what things are firing or not firing, or what things are getting blocked off that weren't blocked off, valves that are opening or shutting, or whatever's going on in the human mind. Um, but for someone that's just a normal guy, you can't explain because you don't really understand why all of a sudden, you, you know, things are more vibrant. You know, you're not really worried about, you know, I, I guess the grass can wait to get cut till tomorrow. Whatever it is, you're just way yeah. more relaxed. You're not. So for yeah, veterans and non-veterans, you asked about yeah. veterans. But yeah, for veterans especially, I think for veterans, I mean, that's for me one reason why I wanted to be in the Marines because I was going to be doing some shit outside. You know what I mean? Yep. You knew we were going to be shooting a rifle, you know, maybe getting deployed somewhere. I was going to be outside. So then you talked about when you were sitting in your office space for the first time feeling anxious because, you know, you were you were kind of caged in a sense because that that feature was taken away from you. Um, 
I think we long as human beings, we long to, you know, nature that, yeah. that fern gully shit we were talking yeah. about, right. you know, I, I, there's something I to it, you know, yeah. there's something to being in nature and connecting, hearing the, the earth wake up, the birds chirping, you know yeah. what I mean? The, whatever it is, no matter if you're a big, tough guy or, you know, a whatever it's, it's big, tough guys are out in nature all the fucking time. Yeah. You know what sure. I mean? And also you brought up, you know, brought up Fern Gully twice. And I just want to say <laughs> that not only was it a great movie because yeah. one, I fucking love Robin Williams and he played the fucking Batty. bat. Yeah. Yep. But also, um, have you ever, have you heard that theory that Avatar yeah. is, is just fucking, it's Fern Gully. That's what Avatar is. It can, if it's they the want same, to be. It's the same fucking thing. It's the same concept, but Fern Gully, solid fucking movie. I love Avatar. Um, me too. I haven't seen the second one yet, but. Way of the Water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it just, is this it podcast really good? is over. Damn. Every time, I feel like <laughs> almost every episode. Something, always something's like, usually you know, it's like, it's the last fucking um, episode. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah, every, because <laughs> somebody hasn't seen something or. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I, I want to mention real quick, maybe kind of retract. I said at the yep. beginning of the podcast, I was thinking about it. Um, I mentioned the Fallen Outdoors. They're not necessarily related with, um, they're not tied into the union in itself because I, I think I that's how I phrased it earlier. Uh, the Fallen Outdoors is a they're a veterans organization, and I, I I found they're doing exactly what you're doing. Yeah, literally they're taking guys hunting, fishing, going on trips, um, but they work with veterans and uh, they work with a veteran. I saw the video. I can't remember if he's out in Washington, um, but he's kind of a similar story as mine. He's a Marine, um, found his home in the Union. And one thing, and speaking of the union, I totally forgot to talk about earlier yeah. um, about why I love uh, Local 265. But one thing I forgot about, Brad, this is, I don't know if you know about this. I think we talked about it. It was pretty cool. So we have an organization. You've heard of Helmets to Hard Hats? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And that is a, you know, they're everywhere. They deal with every organization. They're not exclusive to just the painters or pipe fitters or insulators or laborers, sheet metal workers for me. Um, but smart. There are international. So when I say smart, I'm talking about sheet metal, aerial rail, and transportation. Yeah. Uh, that is specific for uh, like sheet metal workers. They have an organization um, called uh, Smart Heroes. And that's where they go. There's two military bases that they work out of. One is in out of Colorado Springs and one is out of Washington. But they're bases that are popular for people EASing, getting out of transitioning out, you know, where you go do taps and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know how they found them, but I don't know if they looked at uh, data of where people, you know, are exiting, you know. So either way, so they they go there kind of like a career fair and they say, hey, does anybody want to be a sheet metal worker? They say, yeah, you know, I do. So for free on our dime, we provide transportation. We bring them to the apprenticeship program. We train them for seven uh, straight weeks, 40 hours a day for seven straight weeks. And then we slot them as a second year apprentice. So we are they, the program that takes veterans, uh, gets them trained as sheet metal workers on, again, on our dime um, by some of the industry's best instructors. Hell yeah, dude, dude. That's awesome. I told my boss, I probably shouldn't be saying this, is like, if I get offered a job as a smart heroes instructor, it's pretty bad, dude. I would, I, I'd have to consider it. Yeah, because even if I'd have to move, the fact that I'm a veteran and my job would be training other veterans in sheet metal, just specifically to give them that life. Not only that, but being in the in the union, and I, I'm, I will make this quick plug. But yeah, the amount of you know, 
there are, I don't want to say the money that we make, but the, the lifestyle I'm able to provide for my family yeah. and my kids that I didn't have right. growing up in a trailer, getting secondhand clothes, you know, stuff like that. I mean, we didn't, we weren't like poor, poor, but we were, we were pretty poor. Yep. I would consider I ourselves. So mm-hmm. having that life and be able to provide for my, my kids in a way that I wasn't, you know, my folks were fortunate enough to have jobs that the union can give you in that fair wage. So that's what I'm, Man, I'm I'm a diehard uh, union uh, through and through because of uh, the, the lifestyle I'm able to give my kids and and the the smart heroes thing. Man, that's just that's just like really how can yeah. it, how can it get any better? Like what? Yep. How can it continue to get better? And it does every day with like yeah, the smart heroes thing is awesome. That then that's super near and dear. The fact that they have an organization that all they do is just just trained uh, military people that are going to be soon veterans. So they can have that life to be a sheet metal worker and provide for their families, man. That's just, it's awesome. Well, and I think too that, you know, I and I've said this before, but I feel like happiness in general is a balance between like health and wealth and worth. And everybody, when it comes to making money, you have to make enough. You got to make enough. Everybody's got to make enough. Yeah. You want to make enough. I do agree that. You know, there. I think that there's a floor and a ceiling to as far as like how much money a person makes. Where you know, as a as, as a wise wise man once said, "Mo money, mo problems." Right? Like the more money you make, <laughs> the more yeah. problems you could potentially have. But you need enough because you don't want to worry about the bills. You know what it's like mm-hmm. to grow up. Same thing. I, I grew up in a working class family. It's not that we were poor, but my parents were working, and I had food on the table. I had clothes on my back. They were probably worn by somebody else before they were, I was wearing them, but I still had clothes, right? So it's like, I understand what you're saying as far as like not being poor, poor, but being able to like give your family the life that you want to give them while at the same time getting worth from what you're doing. Like that's everything. Yeah. It's so beneficial, right? And yeah, you it's, find, pretty, it's special. You find the people and, and from the private investigation world, I've investigated so many people that made a shit ton of money and seemed miserable. And I could be wrong, but to me, they fucking seemed miserable. You know what I mean? So to be able to find that balance of making enough and having the worth, that's the fucking sweet spot, man. I think yeah. that's the fucking sweet spot. It, you know is, what I mean? it, it was a home run finding yep. uh, my, my home in the union. Not only that, but that sense of belonging and yeah. that, yeah. that like I have a home and I have a space that, you know, that they are constantly trying to get everybody together, like the Cookies of Santa or they, the Union Sportsman Alliance. I forgot to bring that up, too. Mm-hmm. That's another – that is – Union Sportsman Alliance is specific to the unions, and that's getting people connected outdoors through hunting and fishing. Um, they're huge. Um, yeah, they're huge in that, So, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, that camaraderie that I've never – you know, again, I, I don't imagine that other fortune 500 companies out there. Like I mentioned Walmart, right. and they have days that they, you're just, you know, maybe they do, maybe they do, but they have pizza parties, pizza parties. I don't Yay. know. Man. Yep. It, <laughs> it's, it's, I find like a lot of companies now are starting to understand because of the fact that there's just so many stressors in the world and we have so much stimulation in our lives and everything that they, it's a beneficial thing to improve the morale of your team like that's something that i learned very early in the military was morale was one of the most important things and that's one thing that i always worked very hard on 
uh, because I have a fucked up sense of humor and humor has been a big coping mechanism for me, but it's also been one of my strengths in my opinion. And so like anything that you can do to improve that morale is going to be something that's going to improve the group as a whole. So it would make sense why an organization like Smart Local 265 and other unions out there are really putting more of an emphasis on like what are we doing to make sure that our people are okay and, and happy. Like happy. Yep. Yeah. 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 What what a powerful tool, happiness. You know what I mean? People, it's a yeah. People used to talk shit about it all the time. Oh, just fucking grit, grit your teeth and get through it. Blah blah blah. Okay. Well, suicide is fucking on the rise across the board for like everybody. Mental health issues are are, are really prevalent. Depression, anxiety, and all that other stuff. So it's like with all due respect. You can kindly go fuck yourself with that logic, <laughs> yeah, like because no shit. it's an it's an issue. And if yeah. we just continue to not talk about it, our kids are going to have to fucking yep. deal with it. Yep. So how about we just start figuring this shit out and then trying some things like being out in nature for fucking five minutes or whatever it is if we're Dude. finding a benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, one of the things I want to bring up, and Brad, I don't know if you had some studies you want to talk about. I have a couple. Uh, one thing that I found, but. Um, a lot of it was just like happiness and nature. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much. We're already at almost an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. So I don't want to. <laughs> no, we're good. We're um, doing good. Did you have anything else? Did you? I got one thing. I, I, one thing that I found on Healthline.com. Just a couple of things as far as like, again, health benefits to getting back to nature and spending time outside. A couple of interesting ones, uh, and I'm paraphrasing some of the stuff here. So better breathing. Uh, people talk about air pollution and how, you know, uh, certain things can trigger allergies, asthma, and other respiratory diseases. Probably already know that. But what you might not know is that indoor concentrations of air pollutants are often two to five times higher than outdoor concentrations. So spending time outside as opposed to inside can actually be pretty fucking good for your breathing. Uh, improved sleep. Typically, your body's internal clock follows what? the sun. So it makes you feel awake during daytime, sleepy at night. And although artificial illumination can mimic natural light, direct sunlight has 200 times the intensity of office lights in a closed room. And in addition to that, it also helps uh, with vitamin D3, uh, which is a very important vitamin that you can get in your body uh, that you can only get, I believe, from the sun, certain supplements, and uh, your diet. I think are the only ways you can really get that. Um, and exposing yourself to sunlight can improve your sleep by helping you feel more tired at night, shortening the time it takes you to fall asleep, and improving the quality of your rest. And the nice thing about it, it doesn't fucking cost anything. Uh, reduced depression symptoms. Sunlight can also help ease depression symptoms like low mood and fatigue. Light therapy can help treat both major depression and seasonal depression. Because, yeah, seasonal depression, like, I don't know how people in the fucking UK deal with it. Cause it seems like it's just gray there all the fucking time. Like in the winter time. Yeah. Seasonal depression. I think part of the, what plays into that is the fact that the fucking, we don't deal with the sun. We don't get the sun as much. Yeah. I think that's super mm -hmm. beneficial. So that makes sense. Um, more motivation to exercise, working out in green spaces could help boost your motivation to exercise in the future, in part because outdoor exercise can offer a nice change of pace from gyms, make physical activity more interesting, and enjoyable, make it easier to socialize. As many gyms have unspoken rules about not talking to the person on the treadmill, which I agree with, um, it can also help you feel easier and less strenuous, suggesting people who walk outside tend to exercise at a greater intensity and report less exertion. Mental restoration. 
The modern world contains plenty of intrusive stimuli, which we've talked about, flashing screens, vibrating phones, rumbling roadways, that compete for our very limited attention. The ongoing overstimulation may raise your stress levels without you even realizing it. The natural world, on the other hand, can offer a mental and emotional refuge from when you need to unwind and recharge. In nature, soothing attractions from your, or for your senses, f- from the perfume of flowers to the music of a bird's song, can hold your attention without draining your mental energy. There's a research from 2020 that suggests spending time in nature can help you feel more relaxed and focused, especially when you take the time to notice your surroundings. To get these benefits, you might consider doing slow-paced, contemplative activities like hiking or kayaking. And then boosted immune function. So there's some expert guidance that suggests you're less likely to contract the virus that causes COVID-19, not to mention other viruses, when being outside. That's because air circulation can dilute the presence of viruses in the air. In fact, according to a 2021 research, the chances of transmission are 18.7 times higher indoors than outdoors, which is hilarious when you think about how we wouldn't let people eat outside or inside restaurants for a little while during COVID. And then they had like tents outside where there was no, you know, ventilation or whatever. And anyway, uh, protection from short sightedness. There's evidence to suggest children who spend time outside have a lower chance of developing myopa, myopia uh, or nearsightedness. And then improved emotional well-being, which we've talked about like this entire fucking episode. So there are so many fucking reasons. So don't go outside. <laughs> don't go outside. Yeah, whatever you do. Stay inside. Stay miserable. glued to your television. Stay miserable. Don't ever look outside of your television. <laughs> Just stay inside. But yeah, so I I knew that when when we were talking about doing an episode about being outdoors and how it feels on mental health, like initially i said to myself like what the fuck like i, I don't know if there's really anything there and then i googled it and it was just like bah, 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 like so much so much shit but i feel like there's not as much of a focus on it and i just imagine a, lar- a large purpose of that is because it's free like you can buy shit for yeah. sure to right. help you with all of these things but you can go outside right fucking now and just walk if you want yep. cost you nothing nobody can really make money on that you know what i mean but yeah other than that brad what else what else did you want to say about being outdoors how much you appreciate it anything like that anything we didn't cover no i think we covered it all i just uh, highly recommend it to anybody who's feeling sad or feeling down or just go for a walk and you might even become famous like me you might even become (laughs) famous like our friend brad yep the mantino blind man yep um (laughs) Chris, what about you, man? Is there anything else that we left out? Anything else that you want to bring up, talk about? Uh, maybe, yeah, one quick thing yeah. is that uh, if anyone, because we were talking about hunting, um, if anyone is hesitant about hunting, because I know some people can be a little, it's a little bit of a sticky situation yeah. or thought, but one cool thing about hunters is they're the biggest conservation good hunters because obviously you have poachers right. stuff like that but some of the biggest conservationists out there because the money that you spend on your deer tags or hunting license goes into conservation yeah. to help preserve you know um for animals that are instinct or just land management stuff like that so it's a pretty cool it's like 
how could he continue to get better? Right. You know what I mean? You're already outside and then you're putting money back into the, uh, you know, the government. Well, I don't say the government, but the system uh, of conservation. So the organizations that support, you know, the animals and land preservations and stuff like that, it's. You can't, I mean, it's, it's a win-win, so. Well, it seems like that's one of the most misunderstood things about hunters. And I think it's like hunting has been portrayed in plenty of ways in like negative lights. Like oh, yeah. it's somebody that like the poachers, you know what I mean? And, and, and they're featured in movies and TV shows and people think that like that's hunting. But from meeting people that hunt and, and watching the whole process and listening to how much. I have yet to talk to anybody that's a hunter that hasn't talked about the heaviness of and just the appreciation and being connected and all of that stuff when it comes to, you know, getting that deer, bringing that meat home to your family, like being so grateful for that deer, the whole process, this, the, the whole, dare I say, spiritual almost like feelings that come with taking that life and knowing that that life is now going to go feed your family and that you paid, you also financially paid into this to be able to make sure conservation and other things are going to continue to happen to take care of the animals, to take care of the wildlife, to take care of everything. Because again, again, excuse me, it's not like, and people, I think when it comes to the negative the negative side of people being negative about hunting and things. I don't know what they think's happening in nature, but it's pretty fucking brutal. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of brutality that goes on within the animal kingdom every day. And so for a hunter to have that great appreciation for everything uh, throughout the whole process, I think speaks volumes to just again, how beneficial it is, how connected we are to being with nature. You know what I mean? But uh, other than that, that's good. Dude, what else you got? No, any? no, that was that was a yeah. good. Uh, yeah, that's a whole new podcast. Yep. <laughs> Next episode, we'll have For you on sure. again, my friend. Yeah, Definitely, yeah. because uh, also in addition to that, which is a great way for us to to finish up this episode. But um, you've also played music at a lot of our stuff, and every time I've talked to you about it, you. You've always been there for us. You've always supported us. And you're playing for us again on June 10th. This episode is going to be a special release, even though we released an episode last Monday. Uh, keeping Jake on his toes. And we're going to release this one this coming Monday. So back to back. And this will come out but before Heroes, Hogs, and Hot Rods, uh, which is our festival uh, to raise awareness for uh, veterans and their needs. And is also kind of like our thank you to the veteran community because we have so much stuff going on. That's a family friendly event. Excuse me. Where we have a mental health and veteran resource fair surrounded by uh, just a family friendly festival. We have, you know, car show craft vendors, strong man, strong woman competition, and you are going to be playing there. Yeah. So I cannot thank you again, not only for what you do on the troops on trails, not only for what you do, um, uh, on behalf of Smart Local 265 and sponsoring us, but for also just being there for us in every single way that you can. And it's uh, it's something I'm very appreciative of, man. So thank you. Again, oh, man, thank you for what you guys do. Yep. You know, I know I've reached out to you both individually and just said thank you. You guys are making an impact. You're awesome. So as a veteran enjoying this podcast and now 
humbly being able to be on the podcast. It's pretty, pretty cool. So I appreciate everything you guys are doing and the footprint you're trying to make for, uh, for veterans and knowing that they have a space and, um, you know, somebody that they can talk to. So absolutely. It's very cool, man. Well, I want to thank you again and thank again, our sponsor, smart local two, six, five. Remember if anybody out there is interested in, in learning more about smart local two, six, five, please visit smart two, six, five dot org um check out our festival it's coming up on the 10th uh by the time this episode comes out our fishing derby will be over already but we can talk about it on the next one so if you have any other questions feel free to reach out to us on the facebook page and thank you again for taking the time to tune in